0: Friday, July 15th, it's NL Central State of the Division. I'm your host today, Colby Olsen, joined by Javier Reyes. We're the fill-in crew for Clay Snowden and Ethan Badowski, your true NL Central host. But, you know, we're going to fill in today. I think we'll bring a fun twist. The plan for today's episode is we're going to run through some All-Star talk. We're going to talk about the players that did make the All-Star team for all the teams in the NL Central, as well as a player that didn't make the all-star team that we think really, really should have made it. And then we're going to talk about Luis Castillo trade destinations and mock trades. We're going to give you that at the end of the episode. So make sure to stick around and listen for those mock trades because Luis Castillo is one of the hottest players on the trade market. Javi, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, uh, as one always is, of course, when they're a Padres fan. They're always doing fantastic because it's it's a very easy team to root for. Um, but no, seriously, I, I, I'm doing great. Actually, just finished watching a show with my Bob, so in a good mood mm-hmm. go. as we record this. Uh, so, so good vibes all around, man. Let's talk some NL friggin' central. Yeah, so a quick, division.
0: <laughs> a quick update on this central division. We're recording this on Thursday, so we don't really have all the updated standings. But the Brewers are leading this division by two games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, they're 49 and 40. Yeah. Cardinals are in second place, two games yeah. back of the Brewers. They're it's really those two teams. Then you go to the lowly Pirates there. You know, the Pirates are kind of exciting. O'Neill Cruz is up now. That They're, yeah. they're, you know, Brian Reynolds is really turning on. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Cubs are 14 and a half games back. They've yeah. kind of given up. Say Suzuki, though, has returned on July 4th, and he's actually been playing, you know, well. He's striking out less than 10% of the time since returning, which is encouraging because he had a 30% K rate before getting injured, and that was concerning. The Cincinnati Reds, 15 and a half back. This is the division where everyone is going to sell off except for the Brewers and Cardinals, and and we'll just see what happens. But let's get into it. Let's run down these all-stars. Let's start with Paul Goldschmidt, who's the NL starting first baseman. Goldie has been on a tear, Javi. He has an OPS of 1,006 and is the current odds-on favorite to win the NL MVP right now. So what I did is I went and searched for the best first half OPS total since 2015, because I was just curious how Goldie's first half really stacks up uh, historically. And you know what the amazing thing is, Javi, his OPS of a thousand and six is actually just the third best first half OPS he's ever had since 2015. He had a better OPS in the first half of 2015, where he Finished second in MVP behind Bryce Harper, who had one of the greatest hitting seasons yeah. ever. If you remember that, that and then like in the twenty seventeen stolen bases here.
1: Well. Sorry to sorry to cut you off. Is that the no? You're good.
0: Let's here? let's go look okay. at that season real quick because it, it really so cool. is it really is one of the the all time <laughs> seasons he had in twenty fifteen. He had a one ninety seven wrc plus. He had forty two home runs and he had three thirty a nine point three war. My I mean it was. God it was a d- it's dominant a
1: beat, it's just a bad beat for our guy. You wouldn't like any other year. <laughs> what the heck? Oh my gosh. That's really crazy. And like best supporting actor when JK Simmons was nominated for whiplash, like you're just not going to get it. Even if you were great, you know?
0: No. Just- and that's important. actually happened to Goldie twice now in his career. I believe he's finished <laughs> uh, second twice in MVP. So it'd be nice for him to get one and, and increase that hall of fame, you know, resume. Uh, but I'm just going to hit on one more point before gold, you know, on Goldie. And I think we can move on because we, we Goldie's been on an, on a tear. I think we know that. Um, but the interesting thing about Goldie is he actually has a third, his first half WRC plus for his career is 13 points better than his second half WRC plus. So we could see some regression moving into the second half for Goldie. Let's hope he sticks on and, and, you know, does claim that MVP award. It would be fun. I do want to get into Albert Pujols who has made the NL all-star team as a reserve Mm-hmm. And I have my thoughts on this. I want to get your thoughts first, though. What, what do you think of of MLB adding Albert Pujols, kind of as a you know throwing him a bone, right? Let's give him his his credit, give him his career credit. What do you think?
1: Well, here's the thing. With Goldschmidt, there was a time, you know, 2019 when they first trade for him, right? Where you're like, oh man, he's still a good player, but he's on the way out. You know what I mean? And then he comes back emblazoned and all of a sudden as an MVP candidate. I still remember that that first year. Coincidentally, also Nolan his first year was good, but you were like, "Uh, is he slipping? And then he came back. Uh, We look at Pujols and he's slipping. And then we say, he's coming. No, no. And it's been this downward decline forever. He did not have the Goldschmidt bump where he, he tricked you into thinking he was done, right? Call an ambulance, but not for me. He did not have that, right? And then he he goes out here and if I'm not mistaken, he's been one of the least valuable players in all of baseball over the past few years, which is genuinely really sad. Uh, it's, it's one of the more sad things to watch. If we're being honest, this is a legend and whatnot, but with all that said, I still kind of like it. Man. Like, I still kind of like the idea. Let's add some stars to this. Let's add some guys for more than just stats. And I also kind of like the idea of him being in the Derby, even if I'm scared that the downside of that is we're all just going to be watching the decaying corpse of Albert Pujols hit one line drive. See, <laughs> you know I, I think we're
0: overreacting here because okay. Pujols is not a decaying corpse. First of all, though, I will say, okay. I really like this. And I think this is something that the ML- that MLB should continue to do because it's nice. It's nice to see Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera, Get their chance to, you know, put their careers on display a little bit and get the appreciation that they deserve in their final seasons. I mean, Miggy might not be his final season; that's kind of up in the air right now. Um, but it's nice for them to to get the the you know credit and respect that they deserve. What I will say though is Albert Pujols is deserving of being an All Star against lefties. He's a three. He has a three fifteen batting average and a one thirty nine WRC plus against lefties this season. So really, if you're gonna bat him in this All Star game, he better get a chance against a lefty. But he really is a good hitter against lefties still, and deserves his, his respect. But let's move on. Nolan Arenado is the other reserve for the Cardinals, and Javi. Oh, well, Nolan Arenado actually is tied for the major league lead in. Uh, wins above replacement right now with four and a half wins above replacement he has an 890 ops and he leads all of baseball at all positions in drs and i could be discounting tommy edmund there because tommy edmund qualifies in like five different positions so you gotta add each one up individually but regardless at that single position he is leading baseball great who defense. is he tied with no he has the lead
1: oh he has the lead Oh,
0: no, right. I mean, yep. um, I'm sorry, in, in war. Oh, in war. Uh, let me go look at that right now. Is it Shohei? Well, Shohei, might, I didn't add it up. He is tied oh, with... Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. He he's can't tied, just tied with Manny Machado. I'll need to add it up for Shohei, but he's tied with Machado as well. That's right. In hitter yeah, war. Right so Shohei, you got to do yeah, a little right. math, but...
1: I wanted you to say Manny Machado's name. Sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, is great. Um I know that from where I come from, I host the Locked on Padres podcast. I write about for the site, obviously, about Padres stuff. They get mad whenever Nolan Arnado gets more credit than Manny Machado, but I don't think that this is it's like that J.K. Simmons analogy I made earlier, where it's like, yeah, I mean, Arnado is one of the great premier gloves of the generation. I literally think he's won the gold glove every single year and not because he's cool and people just like him. It's because everyone watches him and it's a genuine wizardry and he's good every single year. Right, not, not even good, just amazing every year. So he's awesome. I like that. The power stroke has come back. It's a, it's a, it's a worthy all-star addition, especially for a guy who, you know, he escaped, he escaped from the night's watch in Colorado, man. Like he was able to escape and get out of there and is actually on a competitive team. So from that perspective, that's pretty cool.
0: Let's move on to the Brewers, because they have two guys and possibly a snub that we'll get to. The Brewers, Corbin Burns made the all-star team, his mm-hmm. uh, his second appearance here. And last year, he won the Cy Young. This is the reigning NL Cy Young. He had a 2.43 ERA in 2021. He has a 2.2 ERA so far this season, which is fifth best in all of baseball. Um, and I guess at this point, it's just kind of expected that Corbin Burns is one of the best pitchers on the planet. Like he just goes out there every start. He pitches today against Carlos Rodon, who has also been dynamite this year. But yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. I don't think there's too much to say about Corbin Burns at this point. He's just, he's just dominant.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had that, you know, I think last year was like the prove it season. You know, you have everyone in your fantasy draft lobby. And they're like, who's this Corbin Burns? Like, I know he was good, but I don't, what? And then all of a sudden it takes like, yeah, your four starts, and then you're like, Oh my god, like this guy's amazing. I think that you know, Sandy Alcantara fits that bill a little bit where he's in your fantasy draft lobby, and you're just kind of like, Not us, because we're, of course, experts, but he's in the lobby, and everyone's like, Oh, Marlon, yeah, whatever. And then they're like, Oh, wait, yeah, he's great. So, I mean, Burns, Sandy having a very quiet season, too, by the way. Sandy and is having the-
0: one of the best pitching seasons I've seen in a long time, not only because he has a 1.73 RA, but it- Because he's done that so far, pitching 130 innings already this season, Javi. That's most in baseball by 12 innings. Aaron is second at 118. So let's move on. Josh Hader also made the all-star team. Mm -hmm. Josh Hader has been really, really good this season. He's blown up as of late a little bit, but he started the season and went 17 and two-thirds innings scoreless in a row. Crazy. The longest scoreless streak in MLB history was uh, Mike Marshall in 1972, went 45 and two thirds innings pitched scoreless straight. And then also Zach Britton went 41 and a third back in 2016. I don't know if that is ever going to be broken. I mean, that is a crazy, crazy long time to have a scoreless streak like that. Hater owns a 2.73 ERA. He's striking out 44 percent of batters. And that's second in baseball behind Edwin Diaz hobby. Can you guess how many what Edwin Diaz's strikeout rate is right now? 49. 51.4%. He's striking out more than half of batters faced.
1: And where does he where is he from again, Colby? I forgot. Where, where, what does he get to call his homeland? I forgot.
0: Um, I believe it's somewhere off the coast of Florida. <laughs> If you could remind
1: That's, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Puerto Rico, man. He's absolutely killed. Love that my boy Diaz has been good. Him, the meme king, by the way, in his own way, not the castellanos meme. I mean, he's the meme king. Let's say Edwin Diaz is the meme uh knight, right? Because he's famous for the pointing up. <laughs> it's an absolute bomb, right? But love to see that from Edwin Diaz, and on your point, uh, on your point for Josh Hader. Um, not the most like a, a character that everybody's like always excited about he's just this guy that you see every year and you're like yeah he's good he kind of and what i think is most impressive about him is we haven't even seen a slight um like maybe it was like the beginning of 2019 or something like that right but we haven't even seen a smidgen of sign that he's slowing down so he's been great and is deserving
0: he you know what i you know what i think he's known for josh is known for being on pitching ninja just about every day
1: mm-hmm.
0: i see him posted on pitching ninja doing Crazy stuff about every day. Here's another guy, Javi. I'm going to tee up here. Mm -hmm. Our snub is another pitching ninja Mm -hmm. darling. So if you want to cue right into him, you go
1: right ahead. Look, man, one of the great shows ever made, Avatar the Last Airbender. All right. What can I say about that show? Too much to say about that show for one State of the Division podcast. So I'll leave it at that by saying the airbender, Devin Williams, of course. He is the master of air. Maybe not all four elements. Well, he certainly mastered air because you're going to see him on Pitching Ninja all the time. I know I do. And he's just it's just really fun to watch the guy. He's probably going to have an outing if he was in the All-Star game where he moves the ball in a way that trends on Twitter for a couple seconds among us baseball nerds. I think it's a little bit of a snub. I think that personally, it's a little I struggle with the idea of you have to have a representative of every team. I know that's probably for marketing and money-related reasons. My thing is if your team is bad, it's bad. And I would have liked to see Devin Williams there over Joe Mantipi, who in fairness has been very, very good this year and had like some immaculate no-walk streak for a long time or something along those lines. So that's just me. I think Devin Williams is great, but also it's snubs. And we like complaining about this. And bottom line is there's always going to be snubs. It's that's how voting I mean. Works.
0: I mean, I think the bottom line is, is that Devin Williams could have potentially made this all-star team over his own teammate, Josh Hader, who did start the hmm. season just yeah. on an incredible pace. And I think one thing you have to look at, well, pitchers are chosen. They're not voted on right. Devin Williams is a 1.82 ERA and a 1.49 FIP. Josh Hader, by comparison, has a 2.73 ERA and a 2.47 FIP. So Devin Williams, by all measures, has been the better pitcher this year and should be deserving, but Josh Hader's been good, too. So let's move on to the Cubbies. Hmm. Wilson Contreras is the NL starting catcher. He is going to be one of the biggest deadline pieces, you know, probably on the move. I think it's pretty much guaranteed that he's on the move. He's not going to sign an extension there. He leads all NL catchers in war. My guy, Alejandro Kirk, leads all catchers in war. What a season he's having. He's the AL starter. He's uh, Wilson Couture has, has tied his career high in wins above replacement already with 2.6 war, and we're just halfway through the season. So he's on pace to destroy that number. He's having an incredible hitting season, very much deserving. And then the second player that made it for the Cubs, Ian Happ. Well, I'm actually kind of excited for him. Outfield reserve. Speaking of you know career years like Wilson and Jerry's Ian Happ is having a career year and is possibly another player that will be on the move this deadline. He's hitting 280 with an 830 OPS.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ian Happ is a, 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 that's a classic baseball fan name where not too many people are familiar with them. This team is almost entirely built off of in terms of star power, the Seiya Suzuki and Marcus Stroman. The latter of which has not had the dog in him this year. Let me tell you, he has not been. Uh, Super effective. Let me tell you, my guy, Marcus Stroman, hopefully uh, blocked on Twitter for saying that. Um, I think that for the most part, though, the Cubs, it is, you see is what you get. And they burned it all down last year, I think somewhat justifiably, if you have five free agents entering or whatever the heck it is. Um, I'm curious to see if Wilson Contreras gets moved. I know we haven't had any traction on that, but that's kind of their last like domino to fall. Otherwise, yeah, I yep. mean, Wilson Contreras is deserving and there you go.
0: Yeah, I believe that uh, they're going to they talked about that on the Just Baseball show today, possibly for the episode tomorrow. I was talking with Aram earlier, and he was uh, he was floating the possibility of him going to the Mets, possibly for Mark Vientos. And I think that could be, you know, you could work around a package there. Uh, Makes a lot of sense for the Mets. Okay, moving on to the Pirates. They have David Bednar as their all star, and I'm pretty hyped up for David Bednar. He was acquired in the Joe Musgrove trade. He's had a great season and been one of the best closers in baseball. He has a 3.16 ERA and has 16 saves this year. This is another guy that has been floated as a possible trade candidate. I don't think he's going to get traded. Um, There's been reports that the pirates have declined recent offers for both Bednar and for Brian Reynolds. And I do want to touch on Brian Reynolds real quick because he got off to a really slow start. But since In June, something clicked for him. He's turned it around. He has a 323 average since June 1st and a 164 WRC plus in that span. So Brian Reynolds, MVP candidate, is back.
1: (laughs) That was really dramatic. I like the way you said that. Yeah, I mean- brian reynolds i feel bad for this guy almost he's kind of like for my nba fans out there he's kind of like the cj mccollum of baseball right now which just the guys tossed in trade rumors every five minutes it's insane so i almost kind of feel bad but he's been effective he's been great um especially as of late i'm curious to see what happens then but colby i have a take for you hit me dude are you ready for the spice though are you ready spice it up habanero something Go, Kubrían Hayes, Rich Man's. What's the dude's name? Who's Angelton Simmons? Rich Man's Angelton Simmons. That's what Kubrían Hayes is. Good player, gonna be a great defender for a long time. He's gonna hit you two seventy. Get on base at a three forty clip, maybe. Hit ten bombs. Play great defense. Be a great player. He's gonna do what I, we wanted, Angelton Simmons today.
0: I don't know. I I don't yeah. think I don't even think he's Rich Man's Angelton Simmons right now. I mean. Looking mm-hmm. at Andrelton Simmons' career, which, by the way, Andrelton Simmons has, I believe he has the all-time lead in defensive runs saved. I mean, this guy has put together the one of the best defensive seasons of all time, and if he had just a little bit more pop in that bat, he would be a Hall of Famer. He has 25 career war and just an 86 career wrc plus but Mm -hmm. i don't think i think brian is a little bit better of a hitter but hasn't really shown it this year man the pop has not been there he puts a lot of balls in the ground but yeah god damn is that glove good
1: Mm -hmm. i mean that one play from last year where he like remember daisuke matsuzaka the way he kind of like would flip his neck and whatnot he had one going from third base and kind of like you're like this is just awesome to watch it's very hard to make a team watchable by just being like you got to watch that guy at third base, but Brian Hayes gets very close at it. But I stand by a take; he's a Rich Man's Arms with Simmons.
0: I I really like that take. I don't I don't think it's a hot take. I think it's a it's a pretty spot on take mm. there, Hobby. I'm always happy Thank when you. someone brings up in and Simmons because he freakish numbers. All right, let's move on to the Reds. Finish off with the Reds because this will this will segue us. Luis Castillo has made their made the NLL star team as a starter, and he's very much deserving. Uh, he has a th- he had a 3.18 ERA in the second half of last season. I ranked Castillo as my number thirteen starting pitcher coming into 2022. He missed some time at the beginning of the season with a uh, shoulder strain, but he's come back and been rock solid. Man, 2.92 ERA, FIP, XERA, whatever expected stat you want to shout out, all in the low threes. He's been really, really good. Ground ball pitcher. He's earned all. Uh, he's earned All Star recognition, obviously, but he's earned ace status in my book and. Javi, he is going to be, I think he's the most coveted deadline arm. Frankie Montas is right there. I think Castillo is 1A and Frankie Montas is 1B, but you can go back and forth on that. It really all depends on injury risk and all of that, right? But Castillo is going to get, they're going to get a haul for him, hopefully. And if they don't, Reds fans are going to be pissed. So Javi, I want to go to you first, because we're going to go through some proposals from teams that Castillo could land because um, Aram, Layton and Jack McMullen wrote an article on JustBaseball.com recently breaking down the top 20 trade candidates. And they listed four teams, five teams, maybe if you include the Cardinals that could trade for Castillo, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Twins. Who else am I missing there?
1: Red Sox, Blue Jays, Twins. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I, I
0: didn't right. get
1: to, to catch Mr. Leighton's latest article. <laughs> Fair enough company man. Let's go. <laughs> uh I forgot what the fifth one is, but uh I do know that I, I agree with what you said earlier though that for sure. Uh Luis Castillo probably the gem, the the diamond that everybody's going to look for at the trade deadline this year, kind of like the Max Scherzer of last year, except that if I'm not mistaken he still has a year of control, so that's going to probably add to his value, but what you said about the the hole I want to believe it, but these days it's hard for me to see giant prospect halls. I feel like we just don't see these giant mega, you know, I I don't know enough about the baseball prospect side of things, but like that Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks trade, right. You know, in in basketball where you're just giving up your whole team for a great player. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I will say though, with the Dodgers and the twins, which are two teams that I think are important to talk about here because
0: the twins that was the team, the Dodgers. That's the, yeah, you got it
1: oh, I guess I just assumed that you said the Dodgers. Oh, my my bad, folks. Uh, but I think that the Dodgers, it's – because there's two sides to this, right? Because on one hand, I'm always like, they don't want to blow up the farm. They're great at building the farm, and they don't need to. They're really great right now. They don't need to do it. But then they still end up making those moves, which is something that I respect about them. I was a Padres fan, right? Last year with Scherzer, right, they did it. They at least – They've shown that they're they, a willingness to make moves, which I think is somewhat rare given the fact that they're so dominant, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, Javi, with a team like the Dodgers or the Astros, and less so the Astros these days, but I'll stick it, stay on the Dodgers, is the reason they're able to trade for anyone is because they build such a deep farm system. So if you look at their, you know, top on Fangraphs, their top 51 prospects, and the thing you have to realize about Fangraphs, the way they rank prospects, right, is that they'll rank only prospects that they think have some value. And it's amazing that the Dodgers have 51 prospects that Fangraphs thinks is worthy of a write-up. But even deeper than that, they have 16 prospects that have a 45 future value or higher, meaning 45 value is basically like should make the big leagues and have a role in some way. And the reason that the Dodgers can go and trade for a Luis Castillo and not really feel the impact of that is because of the depth they have. Right. So I'm, you know, they, they have so many prospects that they could ship off for Castillo and really not feel that bad about it. And they even have guys at the MLB level that they could shell off and, and not feel that bad about it. I did bring to the table a Red Sox proposal and a Blue Jays proposal. Go for it. I don't really think that the Red Sox are in a position to trade for Castillo. It really depends on what other on what a team like the Dodgers brings to the table, but I know that the Dodgers can outdo whatever the Red Sox bring to the table. So the thing with the Red Sox is I don't think that they're going to trade Tristan Casas, Jaron Duran, Marcelo Meyer, Brian Bello, any of those top-end guys. I think the only top prospect that the Red Sox would be willing to trade at this deadline for a guy like Castillo would be Nick York. So I packaged together Nick York, who's a top second base prospect. He's a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. He's dealt with injuries this year. So I'm not really worried about his slow start this year. Um, I'm also going to put Bobby Dahlbeck in there. And I know you're thinking Bobby Dalback sucks and he kind of does, <laughs> but I think he just kind of needs to get out of Fenway, out of the the whole buzz of being in the Boston media Um, and just go to Cincinnati, a hitter's ballpark, see what you can do. I think that's just kind of a throw in, uh, Brian Mata is a pitcher, an electric pitcher that throws in the upper nineties. He's been hurt, dealt with Tommy John finally returned this year, has a strikeout rate over 30% this year. He does deal with problems with walks. I think the outcome for a Brian Mata type, you know, is possible mid rotation arm. If he figures out control a little bit more, but definitely a lights out high leverage reliever. And then the final piece of that is Alex Benielis. Benyelis came over in the Jackie Bradley trade for Hunter Renfro in the offseason. season. Benielis is kind of a Joey Gallo type where he's going to bang. I mean, he hits bombs. He walks a lot. He's going to strike out a lot. He's a three outcome guy. I think that gives the Reds, you know, at least a decent offer. I don't think it could, you know, I don't think they're going to accept that right away though. And then on the Blue Jays side of things, I put together a package, which is Ricky Tiedemann, and this name is a newer name on the prospect side of things. He's a left-handed pitcher, probably one of the best lefty prospects left in the prospect world. Jordan Groshen's a third-base shortstop. I don't know, kind of a guy without a position, kind of like Austin Martin, where he has really, really good bat-to-ball skills, not much power. And then, Javi, this guy is electric. Dahian, and I probably messed that up, Dahian Santos. He's in low A for the Blue Jays. He's been one of the hottest pitching prospects out there right now. He's striking out 40% of batters in low A right now as a 19-year-old and he's throwing cheddar. I'm excited about that kid. So that's those are my f- two proposals. Um I don't know if Reds fans would be really that excited about those proposals though.
1: Mm-hmm. Well when are they going to be excited? Right? The Reds fans are look man they they they're in tough times. Red fans, you know, just let me give you a hug, a virtual hug. I hope you're doing okay. It must be tough with your owner hating you, apparently too. Um, on my side of things, with the Dodgers and Twins, one thing for me that I'm I'm having a a tough time judging is that every team, every mock trade proposal, I should say, that involves the Dodgers seems to revolve around Gavin Lux and Dustin May. Gavin Lux, who's slightly, sorta, kind of, for a little bit, figured it out. He was really high up there at one point. And Dustin May, who I know against the Padres, or at least when I watched him, he's kind of weird and wild to watch, obviously because of the hair, but he's definitely got potential. I wonder if they're like, maybe this guy is a little bit more of a project and we'd rather get Castillo right now. And another guy that I'm interested in is Miguel Vargas, who every podcast I've listened to, let me be very clear for listeners, full transparency. I'm not a, a prospect expert, but everyone that I listen to seems to be really interested in Miguel Vargas so I wonder if the Reds could play hardball here and say you know what we got burned with Mike Moustakis let's go get Miguel Vargas take it or leave it maybe they could but then again the problem there is on top of him being seemingly so highly coveted and so highly regarded by prognosticators everywhere is also with Justin Turner kind of being a guy that's you know on the downturn are the Dodgers going to want to do that and then are they just going to say you know what let's go trade for a a little bit lesser of a pitcher, but someone who can maybe help us.
0: I could go on and on all day about this Dodger system because it really, really is that crazy good. And I'm not because we have a, <laughs> the call up, we have the call up podcast that arm latent hosts, and he does a great job over there talking about prospect, but he is huge on Miguel Vargas. It's hard not to be. This guy has a strikeout rate below 15%, a walk rate of 12% right now, the triple A he's hitting 296. great bats a ball. Really underrated power. He's going to be a good defender over at third base. So I would say that Miguel Vargas for the Dodgers right now is on kind of that untouchable in that untouchable zone. Another guy that I'd be excited about for the uh, for the Reds is uh, like a Gavin Stone or you know possibly like even a Michael Bush. Michael mm-hmm. Bush is a second baseman. I think you could even put him at third base. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he has a lot of power and he's an older prospect right now. He's pretty much, I will be ready. Um, so if the Reds don't want to like go full, full rebuild, then they want some prospects that can kind of play right now. I think Michael Bush could fit that, you know, mold pretty, pretty well, but this has been a long episode. i hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I, I wanted it to be long because I yeah. think that, you know, it's mid season, go through each team, give each team their, you know, due diligence Um, But I think that's just about going to do it here today. NL Central, stay the division. I hope you enjoyed me, Colby Olson. You can find me on Twitter, Colby underscore Olson 3 You can find Javi on Twitter at Javi Peño. Javi, you got any last words? And we'll call it a day.
1: Uh, Arcane, League of Legends, incredible show. And uh, go Padres.
0: Go Padres. All right, there you go. That'll do it. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.